love to talk. So they made a podcast. And that's why we're here. To listen in. And what's it called? It's called Banter Buddies. Welcome to episode 39 of Banter Buddies, a podcast featuring two friends who live in Minnesota and sometimes dance around together. It's it's Cuckoo Kangaroo, and uh, welcome to the show. As always, Brian. Brian, welcome. Hello, Neil. Thank you for that lovely welcome. Mm. We're here. We're ready to chit-chat. We're talking about some chores today. Ah, yes. It's a chore day, and this podcast, recording with you, Brian, is never a chore. But, uh, you know, here on the show today, that is that is the topic. That is the yeah, That is what we will be mainly discussing um, as we do every single show, something a little different, and today's chores. Uh, but before we get into all that, Brian, how are you? I mean, I haven't speak, spoken to you in, in, in hours, and uh, and uh, I think we should uh, you know, artificially get caught up um, and, and say hello, as if this is the first time we're speaking today. Hours. Hours indeed. <laughs> it's been... Um... It's been hours. Well, I'm in a new conundrum, Neil. Oh, boy. Um, as a parent of two, mm. now getting into the warmer season in Minnesota starts the whole game of where's the sunscreen? You know what I mean? Oh. Just like with pale as pale adults and with pale children. And um, you just you just need to find those bottles. So you end up like grabbing a new one. So you have about 12 in every little nook and cranny. It's not where the keys, it's not where's your wallet anymore, where's your phone, it's where's the sunscreen. Playing that game, it's it's, it's probably the best game ever, you know, we have, uh, you know, we roll with 50 SPF sunscreen, so we gotta do it, we gotta do it right. So, have you played that game yet? You know, that's that's not a game I've entered yet, Brian. Uh, I need to, I need to get better about the sunscreen for myself, just working on me right now, and, um, but you know, you're very, you're very, you're very um, responsible with the sunscreen. I mean, that's kind of always been something of a, maybe a personality trait of yours, you know, as far as being fair-skinned, as far as being uh, ginger, you know, you really, that's, it's, it's, you're on high alert for, um, you know, needing, uh, needing to protect yourself from the harmful UV rays and such, um, so I feel like you, you've always been very good at that, but you know, now again, like you're saying, it's it's a new day now. It's like you have others to worry about. You have people who are who need to learn the ways of uh, the sunscreen, and, and you're teaching them right now. Is is what's happening? It's really out of necessity, you know, because if you don't do it, if you don't do it immediately, then you're going to pay for it that evening. Mm. It's yes. an immediate. It's an immediate payback, and really at the beginning, like beginning of the summer, it's you know you're getting a little color a little bit because we're super fair skinned, but you know, you're not going to feel like a, you're not going to need aloe vera yet, but Ooh. you need to kind of like train into it. It's kind of like brushing your baby teeth. You know, yes, they'll all fall out, but it's more about getting that rhythm. You know what I mean? It's about getting that routine. And- yeah. And I would imagine, you know, your oldest son is, you know, he's, he is, um, you know, he's, he's, he's probably, you know, probably doesn't like to be, you know, hey, you got to wait to go outside until, uh, you know, we get the sunscreen on. That's never fun. You know, you wanna you wanna get right into the fun. You wanna jump right into the pool, literally. Um, but no, no, no. You got the you got the safety first here, everybody. So I'd imagine that's that's tougher uh, for him. You know, he, he, maybe he understands though. Maybe he. I feel like you you got to get a, a certain level of sunburn. Like you got to have a bad experience as a kid or even as an adult to be like, okay, 
Like this, I'm gonna make sure that doesn't happen again. So uh, you that, gotta that get be hard. you gotta get burned per se. <laughs> hey, hey, the maybe old... that comes from. All right, that's where it comes from. That's a good little. That's a good little. You could you could call that chore esque. Oh no, oh, no, no. Yeah. Neil, what's up? What's what's been happening? You, t- you what's been happening in the past two hours since I've talked to you? You know what? It's uh, it's it's a great morning uh, right now. Um, I got uh, I got some mushrooms growing in my backyard. I've been analyzing. Um, they are they're all growing around like the base of one tree, um, and it's fascinating. They are. It's we we got some uh, weather right now here in Minnesota. That I think is very uh, very helpful to them. It's it hasn't really been hot. It's kind of been. Um, you know, we're in like the spring transitional zone right now, you know, high is kind of in like the 60s, you know, so it's been a little uh, overcast, it's rained a little bit. So I, I don't know, I had mushrooms in the same zone last year. So maybe there's something about, you know, the shade in that area or the, something about that tree or whatever. So but also I think it's due to the weather kind of being a little, a little more mild and a little overcast and stuff. But there I, uh, I use this. Uh, I have a mushroom app, Brian. I, I downloaded it just for this. Uh, exper- experience and it, what it is is you take a photo and then that's it it's shazam for, for for mushrooms you just take a photo of it and then it tells you what it is like if it's edible or if it's poisonous because <laughs> i was like i don't want a dog to like <laughs> i don't know take a little nibble of this but they're just oyster mushrooms they're very common and uh you know they're just like white they're just like cream colored i see you did it as protective yeah, and I just wanted to see, you know, kind of also like, what is this thing, you know, just for knowledge, but also, yeah, a little bit for Josie's safety uh, out here. But uh, yeah, it's, I'll send you a picture. They're, they keep getting bigger and bigger. And I think like, uh, you know, it really will need to dry up out here or something like that uh, before they go away. So uh, I've been, I've been getting my own uh, yard work in uh, this way. And by that, I mean, going out to look at some mushrooms. Tony, my neighbor in the back alley, who's he's my he's my neighbor buddy. You know, we like chat. Yeah, anytime we like them. stand, we stand in our separate driveways chatting. Uh, and so, but he he went foraging for mushrooms recently. Ooh. So, and my knowledge of foraging for mushrooms, he's he's an environmentalist, you know, and and but my knowledge came from when we hung out with Harry and the Potters, which I feel like we haven't talked about in a long time when they mm. went foraging in Lawrence, Kansas. And then came back, and then we ate those mushrooms for dinner that night. That's remember right. when they did that? That was great. I remember that. That's some good stuff. Yeah, those uh, those guys know their uh, they know their mushrooms. You know their fungi, and they also uh, know their know their uh, like oysters. Right? They go like <laughs> I feel like uh, yeah. Joe goes. Joe's like, like Joe. oysters all the time. <laughs> remember he brought like he had like he accidentally had his oyster knife like on tour with him, but it's like this dull like. It's yeah. basically like a like an envelope opener or something like a mail opener. Yeah, it's just like to pry open like <laughs> shells or whatever, whatever you call them. Um, but yeah, that's the mushroom. You know what? I, I've never really gotten the mushroom world. I, I'm slowly coming around to eating mushrooms and like meals and stuff. Um, I, I like mushrooms, yeah, as as a part of a salad or as a part of a dish or whatever. But I'm not really someone who's gonna like grab a mushroom and you know give. You know what I mean? Sometimes you'll see it like on a on a veggie tray or something like that. And yeah, I guess I don't really like raw mushrooms or solo mushrooms, but I do like um, the world of of mushrooms as far as, uh, and I really like the word foraging too. I was just thinking about that as you said that. Like that's the only thing 
that like like foraging is not a mushroom word, but it is one of the only contexts we use that word in. You know what I mean? We never say like I'm going foraging, uh, you know, in Target for some milk or something. No, foraging. I guess it, we always think of it as like an outdoor experience or something. So I think that's interesting. Um, but uh, but yeah, I also like whenever I meet someone who's into mushrooms, it's usually someone I like a lot. So I feel like mushroom people are kind of like I vibe with them as far as like their, you know, just the t- other types of things that they get into or the types of people they are. They're they're usually pretty relaxed. Uh, they're usually pretty, uh, you know, outdoorsy and kind of just like, you know, just like on a on a chiller level. So I, I like that about about the mushroom world, except for eating them and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I need to. I've only acquired mushrooms into my life because when you go vegetarian, you just have to endure it. Like, oh, the portobello. Yeah, if you want to, you want to eat something at Shake Shack, then you have to eat (laughs) a mushroom instead of burger. And I'm okay with that because I just like the bun and the ketchup. So that's what's up. That's that's it. Mushroom life. I like that. You just like mushroom people. Who's out there? Who's mushroom person? Who's a mushroom person in our sphere in our world? Yeah, we got to uh, if if you uh if you're a listener of the show and you know about mushrooms um uh, let us know who you are because uh, maybe we need to do a whole episode about that. That's that's how we go. Maybe more just... people need to just like call in and be like, "You know, I know you want to talk about this this time, but I want to talk about this." And I think if it's good enough, we'll just put it in. You know, it doesn't have to make sense for the pod. We're it's always banter. It's banter. That's right. It's banter. It's wide open. We're always looking for new ideas and new topics and stuff. So, yeah, feel free to Get at us and let us know if you have an idea, mushrooms or otherwise. Um, well, um, that uh, that feels like the appropriate amount of intro, Brian. We were at the ten minute mark already, so you know. Oh I- my goodness! All right, we got it. Let's get into it today. We are talking about the question of the week: What chores did you do growing up? Neil, take it away. You're going first. Oh my gosh! Now racking my brain to think about this. Now it's hard to think because. You know, I think uh, maybe we'll hear this, but I feel like chores are something that can evolve over your, um, you know, over your your childhood days. You know, when you're living at home or whatever it is, whoever you're doing chores for, I feel like as you get older, your chores can progress. They almost have to, right? Uh, At first, you get sort of very simple tasks and uh, things that you can do to help out. And then when you're more responsible and more capable, and have more skills, then, you know, then all of a sudden your, your chores might change. So, you know, nothing hit me right away. Like I never had like a, here's a checklist of your duties for this week. And, you know, a lot of this too, I, I'm interested to hear, maybe I'll have to ask my mom about this because of this I might just not remember. But I feel like my main chore, and Brian and I, you have talked about this a lot um, as, it, as it pertains to like listening to music sometimes and stuff, but mowing lawns. Mowing the lawn is the first thing that came to my mind is like, a thing I had to do, and I think you know we've talked in the past about when we started, um, you know, when, when again when we were finally uh, you know responsible enough, or uh, you know we felt like uh, our dad could trust us with the mower or whatever. Um, I felt like that was maybe around like sixth grade, fifth grade, kind of right in that range. You know, I don't know if that's like twelve, thirteen, fourteen ish kind of years old. And that was the main thing that, you know, I feel like I had to do every week, every 10 days, something like that. Um, So that's like the first like main chore I can think of that was really consistent. You know, I mean, other than that, of course, we had to other than that, when it was like indoor stuff, it was always more kind of like you're responsible for making sure your room's clean, your bed's made like the typical kind of stuff like that as far as like cleaning around the house. But as far as consistent chores, 
the first thing that comes to mind, and it might have been like the only thing I ever really had for like a main chore to do on a consistent basis, was mowing the lawn. So that's that's where I'm I'm starting all of this. But uh, I don't know. What about you? Did you have more? I know you mowed your family's lawn as well. And, I mean, uh, I love mowing the lawn. I would yeah. I would fight somebody. Like my brother and I had to like <laughs> we had to make a a chart to like figure out who was going to mow the lawn because we were so into it, and then. We just started asking all the neighbors, so I ended up having like we had our paper out, and then I was mowing like I had like I had like seven to eight lawns a week that I would do. But then one one guy he got a little he got a little greedy. And he's like, "Hey, can you like weed whip too?" And that kind of like set me over the edge. I was like, "I kind of just mow, you know? <laughs> I can like do different patterns. Could I just do different patterns instead of weed whip, you know?" But I I would I'm so <laughs> curious to know about people's like families and their houses as we listen because. I want to know, like, what did structure of chores, like, lists make things better? Did, like, the carrot of an allowance money make things better? We never really, we never got an allowance. We kind of were expected to do and help things around, but we didn't have, like, an organized chart. I feel like my mom and dad always, like, made a chart every, like, six months when they got angry that stuff wasn't get done. But we had no (laughs) consistent follow-through. Like, I grew up in a house that was never messy but never clean. It just had like piles of stuff all around. And like when I first when I first got married, I started like leaving. I'd leave like a pile at the stop top of the stairs and I had to like learn to like cuz then Liz grew up in a house that was like very clean and organized. So it's like melding those two things together. So taking out the trash, mowing the lawn, doing the dishes, cleaning the cleaning off the table. I think that was like the extent of it i could never get down with the making the bed thing and still even i understand the reason behind it but every once in a while our our bedrooms would get a little like a little raw and it would just be like a snap of the fingers like time to clean your bedroom or else and it was just like okay we did it yeah and i think the other thing um you know regarding that is yeah i think like pets are another way that like people you do like chores so i feel like you know, we had chores kind of based around our dog, like our family dog bandit growing up. Like, you know, you got to you got to go, go scoop poop or, you know, what I mean, like, uh, you know, not, not a walk in, but just, you know, kind of cleaning up around the house, around the dog or entertaining the dog for a little bit or yeah, going to walk around the block. But so I feel like that's another common way. Now, I know we've talked. You didn't have many pets growing up. You had the rabbit. Um, different stuff like that. Rabbit, but, rat, hermit crab, and fish, <laughs> Tetris. Uh, a little more, uh, yeah, a little more docile, a little more, you know, just in the cage there. But, you know, I, I feel, you know, just talking generally about chores, I feel like that is another way that, you know, parents are like, oh, we're going to teach them responsibility via this animal. Uh, you know, you're going to walk the dog. or <laughs> and a lot of the, the, the cliche on that is that's never how it works, right? It always becomes the, the parent's job, right? You say you're going to get it for your kid. But then, Neil, oh, I can't. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ever going to get a dog because I look out, even when it's nice out, I look at how many people are walking their dog in front of our house, like at... We were up at like 5:45 this morning, and we saw like seven people walking their dog. And I'm just, I maybe you have to really love your dog, kind of like you have to really like kids to have kids. You know, that's yeah. wild. I don't think I think that's gonna hold me back. And Gus is pushing hard for a pet. He's pushing oh hard. He now he now knows like our line, and he's like hamster or five to six goldfish. That's what he's. That's where his line is right now. He's ready. He'll take know. you where he's, you're at. I'm just like, just go over to Neil's house and play with Josie. And then he's Again, like, I can't drive. I'm four. And I'm like, okay, that's a good point. 
you you just like you just like talked yourself into this knowing way, Brian. You could see the you could see the the line of thinking here. You're like, oh, I, I, I yeah, sure, we can get a dog. It'd be great for the kids, but like, I don't want to do all these walks. And it's like, oh, the kids will take them on the walks. Yeah, but <laughs> they don't. Mean? You know, they don't. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's that's what you think, and that's how you talk yourself into it. But that's you know, I don't know. It's not always exactly. Is that what the your case. is that how your is that how your mom and dad got talked into it? <sighs> I don't know. I, my mom has always been. A, I think that's how my mom helped uh, pitch it to my dad. Maybe you know what I mean. I love. Uh, I love how Dan talks about pets and dogs. <laughs> it's just a dog. It's just a dog. That's right. You know. You know the deal. Okay. So yeah. I mean, and I think the chores thing too. It gets a little blurry once people are old enough to work because I feel like. I got a job pretty well for I started like babysitting like in my neighborhood, you know, kind of in that, you know, again, in that like sixth grade type of range as well. And then and then I started lifeguarding and and teaching swim lessons like seventh, eighth grade. Um, So I feel like that kind of took over for like the chores or quote quote unquote responsibility portions. And it wasn't like, oh, you now you don't have to mow the lawn or whatever. But when I think about sort of the responsibilities or the way like I made money again, I don't really remember allowing in my house either because again it was like oh you're, you're getting a paycheck every now and then from the pool or whatever so you know as far as like money it was never that but um i also think it's interesting how like the chores can evolve into like oh no you have a job so okay we'll do the garbage or <laughs> whatever oh if you're working your job okay then maybe you're off the hook for these chores yeah how do we get this group mentality of everybody's gonna help out well and you like like you said whip? you you said a paper route that you had that that's really interesting that you had that too. I mean that again, that's not a chore. That's something you that it was like a, a job. Yeah, these are like, like first jobs. Job. Yeah, jobs. Yeah, it became like the family paper route. Like my mom went to college with the with the woman who ran the like Bloomington Sun, which is like the little local like re, little paper for each town. There's and it's like Sun Sailor everywhere, you know. And they needed like people to deliver and i think we delivered it like within our family for like nine years total or something so (laughs) yeah all the time all right let's see what our callers have what our callers are saying neil about chores growing up let's see what kind of chores they had and uh let's uh let's dive into the calls and i thought uh you know this person usually gets uh gets pushed down to the end of the calls but why not start it off with the classic well let's let's open it up with uh mr travis Hey guys, Travis from Riverside. On the last call karaoke, I was listening to the episode and I had what I think is a truly original idea. I don't know if anyone else has thought about this. To up the embarrassment level, I've created a new genre. It's called reverse karaoke. Instead of singing along to a musical track, you have an isolated vocal track of the song and you have to provide the music with your mouth audibly. So like, if you're doing Van Halen jump, you'd be like, you have to do the entire song just an idea original thought chores uh i used to have to clean up my uh dog spike's poop in the backyard but i was too lazy as a 11 and 12 year old to carry the trash can across the yard and pick up the poop so what i used to do is i used to just scoop it up and chuck it into the bushes and i did this for a hot six or seven years and uh one day my brother had to go and do something in the bushes i forget what chore he was doing and he went in there and discovered about four or five thousand mummified uh dog turds so he wasn't happy my dad definitely wasn't happy and uh yeah i had a good laugh so all right guys thanks so much i'll talk to you later of course of 
Of course his dog's name is Spike. That's a great name. Spike. Classic. That's a good name. Classic What's up, Travis? Name. Thanks for calling in. Neil, what do you think about let's get to this karaoke thing first. Do you I think you'd it. be better at this kind of karaoke or than you would be at like singing the the vocal line? Maybe. I mean, you still have to be in pitch and I think that would be difficult. Like it's, it's still it's still in you're still like sort of making sounds with your mouth in a key, which I would struggle with, but I I am um I am into the idea of like beatboxing along with this. Um I like that, you know. I feel like it it almost be like a cappella like vocals or whatever where I could do like the beatbox and then maybe you like get the chords going or the melody going, you know. I feel like if I had someone else um, but no, I, I, overall, I love this idea, and I feel like it should exist. It's like um, acapella. I think you just call it acapella karaoke or something like that, right? And, but reverse karaoke is a better name. But yeah, the idea of like reverse is- karaoke, it'd be isolated great. It'd be vocal lovely. track is also known as like an acapella track. So uh, I think this is a great idea. Travis is he's uh, he's thinking. He's always thinking. We'll have it at my party that everybody's going to come <laughs> to for my birthday when I turn thirty. How old do we know? Six or five. 39, 38, 40. We'll be seven. seven. We'll be 37. Okay, 37. cool. Travis, you can come. Okay, yeah. the, picking up the poop, man. Picking up the poop. I know but, that I game. mean, you can't be mad. I mean, maybe dad, but brother can't be mad later. I mean, it's all mummified. You know what I mean? Mm. It's not like it's squishy anymore. It's not hot. You can just, it's a nice, easy scoop. Travis did everybody a favor, I feel like. Yeah, it's like they're just like rocks at that point. You know what I mean? Or like pine cones or something. Like, <laughs> you know, you just got to get the bag on your hands and just go for it. You know, back in the day, I kind of did the same thing, but it was not really like hiding them because my house, like, we had like a backyard, but then it backed up into sort of like long grass and weeds and kind of like wilderness a little bit back there. Um, so it really, and like we had a pathway for our dog to almost go all the way to the back. So the dog only really pooped in like this circle kind of way in the back. So that was this kind is of bandit. Legit. This, is, this bandit. is bandit. Yeah. This is bandit back when I was in like high school and stuff. So I, the job was, and I wasn't like cutting corners by doing this is just take like a long shovel like a sh- snow shovel, but like a smaller one, and just get you know, just flip them into the, just flip them into the long grass. You know what I mean? Get that, get that spade down there by the by the turd, and just flip it up. You know, and just like, because that was okay, because it was just like it was the equivalent of hiding them in the bushes, but the bushes were an okay place for those to go. <laughs> you you know? had the property for it. I had yeah. the property to be able to do that, so that's the deal. But yeah, clean up the poop again. That's a common. Again, we got the pet duty. You know, I feel like we're what's hear worse, that a lot walking today. the dog or cleaning up the poop. Well, I mean, cleaning up the poop, I feel like, is a grosser job, but it's also maybe a little bit quicker. I feel like you could do that in a matter of minutes, whereas a dog walk, you know, I feel like should be at least 10 minutes, maybe closer to 20, depending on your dog and your neighborhood situation. So, I don't know. One is more leisurely. I mean, I like dog walks because you just listen to podcasts and just, like, get to go outside and get to move your body a little bit. So, it is kind of nice. So, I feel like the dog walk... um, you know, is the better experience overall, even though it could be, you know, much longer. Much, much, much longer. longer. But yeah, hey, we got Travis. Neil, yeah. You know, we played uh, we played the school this week in mm-hmm, Farmington mm-hmm. for your ex-teacher that yeah. um, was really nice. But he, at the end, after we played a cat party <laughs> and he saw the kids freaking out, he came up to me afterwards. He's like, guess what? You know what you guys should do next? And I was like. Oh, I thought it was going to be. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm curious. Do a parody of Who Let the Dogs Out and have it be 
who let the cats out? And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> People got ideas, you guys. I mean, at least it wasn't dog party. You know what I mean? That's the that's what you that's what we you were, just got that's another what you were bracing those, for. You know, I th- is that is that what we get even now more than yeah. um, how'd you guys get your name? Is that Okay, my kids really like Cat Party. When are you going to make a dog party song? Yeah, where's And then we the send them the song? puppy song, and they're like, yeah, we watched that. That's not good enough. <laughs> That's not the exact same thing. We, we, we're looking for an exact same. <laughs> we would like you to say dog party instead of cat party. Maybe we yeah. should just do it and like only charge five, like charge five dollars for it. Yeah, that's uh, that's way up there in the in the type of things people say to us. All right, uh, I got to focus, Neil. Focus, rankings. Travis. Thanks for calling in. Let's keep it moving. It's Ashley from Reno, Nevada. Um, it's been a while, but I'm always listening. Um, least favorite chore, hands down, vacuuming. The reason why is because when I was a kid, we had an emerald green carpet in our hallway, and we had a golden retriever dog. So I'm sure you can imagine how terrible vacuuming was as a kid. So even now, I hate doing it. Uh, laundry, love laundry. Um, cleaning the bathrooms, I'll tolerate it. But vacuuming is not my chore. Uh, bye. All right. The long bye there from Ashley out in Reno. Thanks for calling What's again. up, Ashley? Ashley, uh, she she texted us on the side and was like, hey, you guys haven't uh, changed your voicemail yet on the oh. Google voicemail, but I I answered the question correctly anyway. So Ashley, thanks for being a pure pro and just doing pro. it right. Yeah, that's, that's just that's just straight pro. That's that's what Ashley is. She didn't have to make it comment about it. She just did it. She did it. What's up? Yeah. Neil, do you want emerald green carpet in your house now? Uh, I mean, when you when you put it like that, yeah. I mean, it's not. I think it's the. I really think I really just enjoy the word emerald, and and I think that it really paints a vivid picture of the exact color we're getting here. And you know, I th- I think it's it's a great visual. I don't know if I want any carpet, but um, I love the idea of some emerald green carpet, Brian. That is that is some vintage stuff right there. How, how do you feel about emerald green carpet? I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I'm into it in like a certain room to give it. Yep. An aesthetic, yep. you know, or like a rug. I rem- Okay, so my mom and I, we would like, we cleaned houses. Like she had like a, like, you know how like you have a house cleaner or whatever? Like we would have a certain amount of houses each week and then I would like clean houses with her and I'd clean it so we get it done in double the time. And there was somebody who had emerald green carpet in their <laughs> living room, but it was like one of those living rooms that was like, like really nice. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like trudged down green carpet. It yeah. looked great. And I'm thinking about it right now. I haven't even thought about it until, you know, this just got brought up that like carpet, that carpet would look good. But so golden <laughs> retriever dog hair is yellow on green. Is that what she's saying? It's like, yeah, I'm thinking she's saying it really, you could pops. see it. You could really see it on there. So, you know, sometimes, you know, you can, uh, you can't really tell where the, where the fur begins and where the carpet ends or whatever. But, um, it seems like within this situation, it was, it was very stark. And uh, yeah, that's that's a lot of vacuuming because if it's your job to vacuum, and uh, you know you can still see the dog hairs, it's like, did you do a good vacuum job? So I feel I can understand why this is a this is a really tough one here. You know what the actual bad part about vacuuming is? It's not actually vacuuming; it's moving stuff around so you can vacuum underneath it <laughs> and curling up the cord at the end. Oh, wrapping the cord. <laughs> 
Yeah, you gotta keep you gotta keep wrapping it. Hopefully, you have one of those vacuums that like has a space for you to wrap it around. You know, it has like the little wings you can wrap it. So uh, let's hope uh, you got some help there with your with your vacuum cleaner out there in Reno. Yeah, vacuum and cleaning the house. That's uh, that's another common uh, common chore situation. So uh, thanks for calling, Ashley. Hello, cuckoo kangaroo. This is Corey from St. Louis, Missouri. I wanted to call and talk about chores. I had a lot of chores as a little child uh, growing up on a farm. We did all kinds of chores. Uh, I had to get the chicken eggs. I had to feed and water the chickens and the goats and the emus and the pigs and the mini horses. I had so many animals. I had to do them all. And uh, I often had to, before I got on the school bus in the morning, I'd have to get a bottle of milk and I'd have to give it to baby calves that we'd have, we were taking care of. I'd have to feed them all the milk first thing in the morning before I went to school. Some days I'd get milk with myself and I'd have to go back in and change. Uh, the, main, the, the thing, the chore I'm most proud of to this day that I wanted to share with you and your listeners that not everybody knows about, I'm giving you my trade secrets here, how to catch a chicken. I was the chicken catcher. That was also my chore. If a chicken would get out of its pen, I would—I was the one who would take care of it here. So what you do is, to catch a chicken, you corner it, and then you come at it with your non-dominant hand. So I'm right-handed, so I stick out my left hand. So that chicken thinks, hey, he's going to get me with that left hand. So then that chicken goes the other way, and then you snatch it real quick with right with the right hand. You grab it real quick like that. So... You just trick a chicken. That's how you trick a chicken. That's how you catch it, and you put it back in its pen. I love chores. I love doing them, and I hope that you guys are doing well and that you don't have a lot of chores to do now. That's all. Thanks, and bye-bye. Oh, my goodness. Corey Goodman. Oh, that's that's an MVP call right there, Brian. Okay, now, if... If Corey, if one of us has ever like broke a leg and can't talk or something like that, we got to call up Corey to keep the pot alive, you know? You're saying he could like sub in for one of us in a pinch? He is so pro. Should we tell everybody who this is or just keep it? No, people need to know about Corey. I feel like uh, we've mentioned him on the show, but I don't think he's ever called in or maybe he has. I don't know. It's been a long time. This is obviously Corey from St. Louis, Missouri that worked on a farm that sounds like this. This is Corey from the Ultimate Group Super Fun Yeah Yeah Rocket Ship. Wow. I didn't know know they had emus on their farm. (laughs) What do you get from an emu? Like an egg? (sighs) Yeah. They got to be giant, though. That's it. Yeah, just big old eggs and... Oh, they're green. They're about the size like a softball. Bring them to the co-op and... Let someone buy them, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Corey. Corey's a great person. We've toured with Corey a number of times, and he's in a, a one-man band called Super Fun. Yeah, yeah, Rocket Ship. We'll link to his stuff in the show notes, and um, hopefully we'll get to play shows with him again someday. But if you live in the Midwest, he plays Okay, I got emu facts quick. Emu. You can eat an emu egg. They're mm. a quick and nutritious meal or snack, but one emu egg is equal to about 10 chicken eggs. So you wouldn't eat the whole emu egg all to yourself, but it might be useful to feed a crowd. (laughs) What a weird fact. Gather around, everybody. Okay, so you said super fun, yeah, yeah, rocket ship, Neil. That's right. Did you see that he recently made a a song and a video for the the trolley in St. Louis 
What's That's that right. street? Pu- public What's transit. That? Yeah. What's that street we just played the venue on in St. Louis? Where's Blueberry Hill? Oh, I'm not sure, but it's Lamar uh, Street. Lamar Street. Lamar. Okay, so he made this thing and everybody thought it was a big joke. And then he then posted the email conversation back and forth with him in the city about making the trolley song. But he blacked out like some of the money and stuff like that. But even that seemed a little bit like confusing. And I still don't know to this day if this is a giant bit or the city actually asked him to make a song about the a hyper specific trolley on one street. I mean, that's that's the beauty of Super Funier at Rocket Ship is that there's some things like that. He gets into some uh, antics. He finds himself in some uh, situations, uh, and 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 I love that about Core. He's he's open to all sorts of hijinks like this. And uh, yeah, we don't know. Uh, I, I would imagine that it is real. I think back to when um, this is 15 years ago or whatever, 20 years ago. But when uh, here in the Twin Cities, the light rail was being built. They hired uh, local artist Jeremy Messersmith to write a song um, called Light Rail, I think. So, you know, I'm pretty sure he was hired to make that song. It was just like a nice little nice little soft ditty about uh, why riding the train is, is great. So, you know, I, I can I can definitely see how this could be a real thing for Corey. And, um, you know, it's, it's cool that he made the song. I feel like I would call him up and ask him and he'd be like, well... I don't know. <laughs> I did. And I'd be like, the what tone of voice you have right now makes me feel like you did and you're pranking me at the same time. And I don't know the truth. Uh, it's uh, probably how my family feels when I talk to them. They say like, Brian, do you love me? And I say, yeah. Sure. Uh, but yeah, Corey, he definitely talked a lot about growing up on the farm, kind of out in southern Illinois area. So we knew he worked on a farm, but I didn't know that he had, it was like this, like a like a legit wake up in the morning and get your, get your chores in. I mean, that's, I feel like chores... Uh, you know, I don't know if this is culturally what what happened, but I feel like chores were invented on the farm. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's actually true, but I feel like that seems like a hot take that is very, very easily falsified. Keep going. Yeah, with that. but you I know, feel like the idea of chores comes from like or it comes from like a former time where it's like like it seems like it exists pre like suburbs and stuff. Like yeah, we have our like home chores, clean up the house, do the dishes, vacuum, whatever. But I feel like. Real chores are like carrying buckets of feed on a farm, you know. Yeah, there's real like, stuff to do, so we can we can make it happen. Like you, know? you have to because the family depends on you <laughs> to do this. Like it's not like we're trying to teach you some responsibility. It's like no, you live here, so you work here too. <laughs> it has to happen. I mean, I my dad my dad grew up on a farm, so grandma and grandpa had the farm, and so we would visit the farm a lot and like. We wouldn't visit to like hang like they'd be like, you're coming up this weekend to the farm because we need you guys to like we're like bailing hay or mm-hmm. we're like scooping manure and stuff like that. But I did not have to do what Corey did of like, you have to do this before you go to school. My yeah. dad had to do that, but I didn't have to do that. But I get it. That's some real chores. And thank you for sharing, Corey, your fantastic chicken grabbing technique. I'm going to next time. Know. Next time I'm in chicken world i'll figure it out i mean someday brian you will have chickens in your backyard like i'm just waiting for the day when you have a chicken coop in your backyard so i feel like this this uh you know this information is going to be something that you will use in your life in the next few years i'm um, ready 
I don't want him, but <laughs> I get out, I can I can get easily outvoted now, so it's not fair. You just need uh, the kids to be begging enough for that instead of like a dog or whatever, and you'll be like, all right, all right, all right. I think I'll take a dog over a chicken. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, thank, thank you, Corey. Corey, you're Super the best. Fun. Yeah, yeah, rocket ship. Can't wait to see you again, Corey. Onward to the next call. Hi, Brian and Neil. This is Samantha from New Jersey. I was just calling to tell you guys about my childhood chores. Um, I used to do a lot of dog poop scooping. That was my responsibility, especially in the summertime. I'll go out there with my sunnies on and go scoop some poop. And uh, I would always empty the dishwasher for my mom whenever she would ask me to, you know, annoyingly, because we always have to beg our kids to do favors for us. But I I tolerated it, and I was a professional pooper scooper. Grew up to be a dog groomer, ironically. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah. All right. Well, this is uh, this is fascinating, Brian. This is the what's up, Samantha. We've only had four calls, but this is the first time that we've we've heard of a chore that was somewhat of a prophecy for you know the future uh, future employment of a caller here, Samantha. So that's that's big. You got your first taste of uh, what it would be like to be around dogs and kind of be helping them out all the time at an early age. So um, I guess you could say that, you know, it influenced the rest of your life right there. So that's huge. Hey, I mean, if if you have the technique down and you can do it, you know, go for it. I, I feel like uh, scooping poop, if you got the if you got the flow down, doesn't rip up all the grass and your dog didn't eat just I don't know what makes a what makes a sowl a solid like bowel for a dog. I mean, then it's easy scooping, right? That's right. Yeah, you want you want it to be like we we're saying before. You know, pretty. You know, make it just like oh, it's like a wood chip, or it's a, you know, it's it's not something that uh, it's something you can grab. That's what we want. Now, my neighbor Joe, she uh, that's what she that's what she does. Like she scoops poop for a living, just like here, like we're um, like Samantha's talking about, and she's just like, yeah, it's she always what did she say the first time she's like it's stinky biz but it pays the bills really well and i'm like yeah let's go like her like car is like i think i can't remember what her, it's like doggy doggy do gone doggy yeah. do i'm trying yeah <laughs> but hey right on if it makes some bling bling you gotta yeah. do it and another i mean is this samantha from before when we were talking about as a professional groomer too i think so, so. yeah we talked about like jobs and stuff um but yeah, this is uh, this is that dog stuff, and you know what? That's that's is a way to go. If you got, if you, like we said, there's lots of pet the pet stuff is a great way to you know get someone into chores, have help out a little bit. All you gotta do is pick up some stuff, or uh, go for a walk, or brush the dog, or play some fetch. So there's some simple stuff in here. Um, that's good, yeah. Especially she's saying here, um, you know, as far as like the you know the weather goes, that is that's a thing here in Minnesota too, where it's like. It is weird. It's like, okay, we don't, I don't know about too much like scoop and poop in the winter. You know, usually you just let that ride. And then when the summer comes around, you, uh, you know, you, you clean up <laughs> from a long I hope winter. Samantha, you know, she went out there with her sunnies on, but I hope, I hope it went out there too with, you know, maybe like a Walkman or like a yeah. Discman or something, repping that new TLC, repping that new <laughs> Jimmy World. You know, repping that new Hanson CD. I'm trying to think what else I had. Yeah, like Green Day's Dookie. But if you weren't that cool, you'd probably listen to Green Day's Warning, trying to think it was cool. You know. 
Yeah, no, we talk about that as far as it goes, as far as uh, like mowing goes, you know, and and like how we listen to CDs on our disc man and like crank it to ten because it couldn't couldn't hear over the roar of the mower. But you know, even these days, I feel like an inspiration to do chores for me these days is like listening to podcasts and you know just putting the AirPods in and like doing dishes, like yeah, like like vacuuming around the house, like. You know, yeah, doing some yard things. Yeah, mowing to this day. Like, I've never mowed a lawn, like, with nothing in my ears. Like, it's just how, how it goes. So I feel like that is a, that's a nice thing these days. It's one, one of the few things that motivates me to do some chores around the house or some podcasts to listen to. So that's always good. You know, I, I feel like that's just continuing on here. So, yeah, no matter what chore you have to do uh, these days in your life, folks, we, we highly recommend you listen to Banzer Buddies while you do it. Listen in to Band Buddies. <laughs> Thank you, Samantha, for calling in. This is Darcy from Minnesota, um, St. Paul, Minnesota. I had to empty the dishwasher. Um, I, I didn't have to. I get paid for these things. I would have to put my own laundry away. Now that's crazy. Um, I could wash the cars. I would clean the windows, uh, walk the dog for sure. Um, and of course, just like bring my dad a beer. Very nice. <laughs> Darcy, just, just a full list right there. Not a lot of context. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing is a lot of these chores. It's like depends on like what age you are to be. I the, couldn't the, even remember like age. I think age is just like so fluid. Like when you're a kid, you don't like <laughs> you don't fully know. But wait, why yeah. why is putting your own laundry away crazy? Right. Well, that's what I mean by like it depends on how old you're talking. Like if you're like a middle schooler, then yeah, do your thing. But it's like if you're asking like a second grader to like put their laundry away or a first grader, they might not be able to do that. Or if they would, they don't know how to fold clothes or they would just stuff them in. That's what I'm guessing I mean, is that like, she was just I way mean, too young to be expected to do that. But we, do, nah, we don't know. We no, don't know the ages. They can do it. They, they can do it. They can do it. Now, see, I was just old. Like, I would never, I would never even like put my laundry away. I didn't believe in drawers. I like still don't fully believe <laughs> don't in drawers. Believe like, in I remember, drawers. I remember, I would fold my clothes, but I wouldn't. Like, when Jeffy and I lived together after college, I would fold my clothes, but I would leave them in a pile on the ground because it was like easier just to like, like almost like like right now, like my basement is just like piles of like merch t-shirts in folded <laughs> piles right i just like yeah. lift up grab shirt let's roll don't have to put it in a drawer <laughs> the piles piles are good enough you know no like... yeah but i do piles of everything i bet there's people out there being like i know the pile person i don't like it i need a drawer yeah yeah that's you know so yeah we got a lot of uh darcy's got a lot of um you know things we've heard here before washing cars is a new one here brian i feel like that's a that's a pretty good one now i feel like this um also is a good time to bring up the something that you and i have both commiserated about and and i think it's uh you know most people listen know this maybe because we talked about a lot but like brian and i are both the oldest oldest uh kids in our family both have a younger sister and younger brother so um our family kind of siblings kind of line up nicely in that kind of way but i think we both um had fathers who were very particular about the job i guess is the nicest way to put it um here and so i feel like car wash 
it, it was a lot for my dad to give me the lawnmower. To, that was one thing, right? Like, like even like a big long, you know, take, doing the lawn might take an hour, might take forty five minutes. Who knows? Like that's a long, that's a lot of time, and it's like I feel like that's a, a you know a lot to give away. You know, that's one thing. But washing the car, he he could never. I feel like he wouldn't let me do it because I wouldn't do a good enough job. So I feel like I didn't get the car wash duty that often because it was like very important to my dad to get it right. Did you ever have to wash a car? What was like an example of a thing like your dad couldn't let go of as far as chores because it had to be done right? Okay, so he, he it wasn't about doing it right. Like they were not car washer people. You know what I mean? I don't think our cars yeah. were like nice enough to like be worthy of even <laughs> wash. It was just like let's just park it out in the rain or something like that, you know? <laughs> but like when we like we remodeled the house we the little rambler we lived in and then we did a full reconstruction remodel of the house that then they, they moved into like when I was in college like that I worked down all the time in college but my dad I'd always be like I would just sit there and like hold a hammer for him or something like that just like stand and he always like he always like poked at me for like air drumming and stuff like that but I'm like you don't let me do anything he's like I don't know what I'm doing I'm just <laughs> making it up as I go along so I'm always like why didn't you tell me what to do and he's just always like because I didn't know what I was doing and I was like that's why I didn't get let to do like allowed to do things is that he was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't think I was trying to, like, be precious about things. But maybe uh-huh. there was. I like that but you're, growing like the assist- up, you're like the we assistant. We didn't have much of a yard. Yeah, I was the assistant. I was the ass- <laughs> That was a big grind. I was the assistant. But, uh, you know, maybe it's like this. Now, the thing in here that we're talking about with Darcy is cleaning windows. Oh, man. Oh. I'm – I just that's – a, that's a, that is a chore. That is a to-do. Mm. Yeah, I'm like, hey, it, I can it, see through it still. It's pretty clean. Yeah, especially you got the screens. You know, my mom was big about yeah, clean the windows and the screens and stuff. Like every year, you when you, before you put the screens, you take the screens off. You know, like it's certain for the winter or whatever, and then like wash them, like put them in the yard and spray them with like the hose or whatever. Like wash the screens out and then scrub the windows. Yeah, with like newspaper to avoid the streaks and like uh yeah that was a whole thing that was like the spring cleaning but again that was like maybe i helped sometimes when i was a little bit older especially because i got long arms and stuff but i feel like that was like a thing that was like oh mom's got this this is mom's like spring cleaning mission right here Watch that's the windows. but yeah good times thanks for the thanks for the list of things you did darcy what what a what a list it was thanks for calling i like to hear new voices on our podcast so we appreciate it um, but next, we're going to hear from a voice we hear all the time. Hi, Cuckoo Kangaroo. My name is Annabelle, and I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And my favorite chore is to use the lawnmower. I just got learned how to use it. Okay, bye. Oh, a new chore for Annabelle. She's uh, she's she's recently on the lawnmower game. Um, there you go. I mean, I think Annabelle's a little bit younger than, than we were when we started mowing lawns or when I was, Brian, I'm not sure, but, uh, Hey, I, I believe in you, Annabelle. I think you, um, I think you have the skills it takes to, uh, you know, chop down those, uh, blades of grass. I believe in you. Let's go, Annabelle. Congrats. Welcome to the Lawn Mowing Association of mm. America and beyond. And, uh, you know, keep that 
Keep that once a week frequency going so you can listen to some new jams. Then it doesn't get too long. So you can use the recycler mode so the, the grass clippings go back in and recycle in the grass and then you don't have to bag it. You know, that's my hot tip. And then make some cash, Annabelle. Go around and ask people if, you know, hey, can I mow your lawn once a week? And then they'll be like, sure. How much is it? You tell them. I don't know. Should should you say fifteen dollars anymore, Neil, or should you go up higher? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think yeah, minimum wage is somewhere around fifteen. So yeah, maybe say no. 20. It isn't. Isn't it like six or something? Uh, I I don't know what it is these days. So <laughs> it's uh, yeah. We so don't work you, real jobs. Yeah. <laughs> We pay ourselves, um, uh, but yeah, you can definitely. This is this is a gateway to making some cash one way or another here, Annabelle. So um, you know, this is this is a great way. Once you get good at doing your own lawn, then you can uh, you can roll up and, and and start asking other people. And then if they don't know, hey, they don't maybe know you. You can be like, hey, I live at. Here's my address. Come over. Look at look at what a great job I did. You can show. You know, you can show what a what a fantastic, uh, you know, lawn mower you are right there. Um, lawn care professional. You could get business cards made. Um, you know, this is a this is, could be a whole new world for you, Annabelle. And I'm, uh, but charge them extra if you're going to use your gas and your lawnmower. That's Say like right. if I use yours. Yeah, and you know, there's lots of different things. Yeah, like Brian was saying, you might get into the trimming, you know, the weed whipping business. You know, that's all. That's all for later, right? Just focus on the on the mowing right now. But congratulations on uh, on uh, learning a new skill, and uh, hopefully your your lawn adventures are, um, are 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 good. I hope you have a fun summer doing that. And like we've been talking about, right? Get some podcasts on, get some jams, whatever you need. Um, Neil, I've got uh, I've got minimum wage here. Okay, what's uh, what we got? Is it Minnesota or is ten dollars and thirty three cents? Okay, Pennsylvania is fifteen seven dollars and twenty five cents. Depends Oof. on what state you're in. It's anywhere between seven twenty five and fifteen. <laughs> DC fifteen ninety. Mm-hmm. There you go. Oh yeah, so, I mean that's, that's about what I got paid when I worked at Applebee's. So that makes sense. Yeah, good times. All right. Well, thanks, Annabelle, for the call. And um, can't wait to see uh, what you do with that lawn. Uh, we got one more one more caller for today. Who is it? Hey, guys. This is Gerard from Los Angeles. Growing up, uh, my main chore was vacuuming the carpets in the house. We had a carpet in every room except the kitchen and bathroom, so it was a lot of vacuuming. The hardest part was vacuuming the stairs. As an adult, I still vacuum. I did get a break a couple of years ago when we tore out all our carpet and put in hardwood floors. Now I only have to vacuum a few large rugs. Um, a few days ago, I heard the DJ Hamster Dance mixtape, a slow clap, and was blown away. It was awesome. Now I'm not sure who's the musical genius of the family. One more thing. i definitely buy a T-shirt featuring uh, Travis from Riverside and Annabelle from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But you need to put a message on the back of the shirt that said, Bye! Oh, what a well-crafted call right there. Wow. Gerard, what's Gerard. up, Gerard? What's happening? SoCal. Oh Gosh, that was great. Just just, uh, just out there, you know, winning marathons and stuff like that, you know, <laughs> being a cool teacher. Yeah, this is awesome, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, more vacuuming, Brian. I feel like we have, what we have learned today is, like, the number one chore um, of our listeners, at least, was vacuuming, right? I feel like that that won the day. You know, the close second was dog poop. Um, Scooping the poop. Yeah, but vacuuming, yeah, that's that's how it goes. A lot of carpet, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, just, again, the stairs. I, I definitely 
ha- definitely had the the issues with the stairs. And now my house growing up had a had like a in wall vacuum cleaner situation where you plug the hose into the, like wall ports and then like another cord for power and then you would just like do that in a, in like a bunch of different rooms. Um, so that that you know that's that's how that goes. You know most you know vacuum cleaners you know of that era were you know corded. They had to be plugged in somewhere. Um, so that was also tough. I feel like that was you know stairs. Yeah, you had to do each individual stair. But then also the like you know okay oh I've reached the end of my co- cable here and I got to go find another outlet and plug it in over here and you know br- bring this big hose somewhere else and stuff. So. I feel like that is also something that's gotten maybe a little bit easier these days with the, the you know the rise of the cordless stick vacuums and stuff like that you know being a little a little bit easier to you know manage uh, you know the, the the vacuum chore maybe is uh, not 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 as much of a time demanding as uh, as it used to be uh, uh, that we had to plug everything in all over the place that was all, always a tough part about vacuuming. The stairs still stink, though. Stinks Ugh. vacuum in the stairs. It's not fun. I remember when I went over to your house, your parents' house, for the first time after the summer of our freshman year of college, and I saw the, like, in-the-wall vacuum, you know what I mean? But I think yours is, like, from the, like, 80s or 90s, right? Like, when the house yeah. was built. Yeah. But still, I remember looking at it being like, oh, my gosh, is this space? Is this the future? <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> But, That's right. And I see them now, and they're like, they just have so much like suction and stuff like that. But yeah, vacuuming. Yeah, it's rough. Every can't. single house, Gerard. Oh my gosh. So many, so much carpet. Glad you got rid of all that. And uh, yeah, I mean, good idea too for the, you know, for the merch, Brian. And I feel like uh, once we, maybe we should set like a, a goal. Um, you know, of, of once we hit a certain amount of listeners or something like that, then we'll you told me we merch. couldn't focus on listeners now. Okay, well, I'm just I'm just trying to think of. All right, well, I think we should just put out the merch then. You know, I, I think uh, we got some ideas. Brewing once here we get and, to 16 monthly listeners, <laughs> yeah, then we're in. Once we make a show that's under an hour, then we'll make uh, we'll make merch. <laughs> uh, how about that? Uh, once we make an intro that's less than two minutes, <laughs> how does Mark Marin do it? Oh, I no. could just just go, you know, just go and rant. We gotta it's, play some guitar. A, you should play banjo. It's a on the task. Mic, yeah. Okay. We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about the slow clap DJ Hamster Dance mixtape and what's new with Koo, But we're coming back to to acknowledge that and give some love to it a little bit later. Okay. Yeah, but glad, uh, thanks, Gerard, for take. calling in. Neil, does that wrap up our calls? It does. That's it. Uh, that's it for our callers today. And uh, we want to say thank you to all of them who called in talking about chores. Uh, without you, we would uh, have to do a bunch of fake calls. So um, thank you for being <laughs> legitimate and helping our podcast exist, you guys. Very cool. Um, but we uh, in two weeks, we're doing another episode, um, and it's going to be about movie sequels. We want to know what is the best movie sequel of all time and why. There are there is so much to talk about here. Um, you know, I feel like we've we've touched on small um, things in the movie world um, on this podcast about some of the things we like and don't like or whatever. But um, I'm fascinated to hear what people think is the best movie sequel of all time or their favorite movie sequel. What do you like? That's part two. 
Um, that's that's a tough one, right? That's there's not many I think that are out there where people are like, oh, two is better than one. So it's a no brainer, Neil. Yeah, it's a no brainer. That will be uh, that will be an interesting topic of discussion. Please call us six one two four two four zero zero three six. What is the best movie sequel of all time? And why? Can't wait to talk about that. Are we just going to say, one. like, when people say their answer, to say, nope, not correct. Next Wrong. caller, please. Yeah, have a buzzer, have a <laughs> bell or a buzzer. We're looking for one answer. And uh, <laughs> that we'll, answer see, is we'll see who gets it. Yeah. D2. Yep. Okay. And, and you, you have to, you can only guess one per call, but you can call as many times as you want. So, uh, you know, hit that line, you guys. We have unlimited space in our Google thing or whatever, I think. Um, all right, that'll do it for, um, yeah, for Cuckoo Voicemail. And let's uh, travel forward to another segment. It's called Recommendations. All right, we are recommending things that you should get into. And, um, Brian, today I would love it if you would start us off with your recommendation um, for, for something that uh, you want people to know about today. What, what you got for the people? Neil, I'm recommending a podcast about SNL Saturday Night Live. Oh, you've been talking to this about me, and now it's time to tell tell the people out there. It's, I've been listening to a lot of pods. Okay, so Neil and I, we love SNL. We love, now, when we talk to people that like SNL, sometimes I can sniff out really quickly, like if you're like, oh, you really like are judging it every single like on on hilarity every single time but you and i like the art Mm. of like how it comes to be how they cast people where those people come from who are the writers what is the the system of getting a sketch ready getting into dress doing a dress thing of it what gets cut what gets cut for time what makes it on the show how it does like we're into that so there is a new podcast with two greats, I'm going to say a great and a almost great, Dana Carvey <laughs> and David Spade are doing a, a podcast called Fly on the Wall. No, Spade is so good. Spade is so good, but he's snarky. Like, he should have led the desk. He should have led, like, the update desk. Basically. I feel like you, know you mean, mean like, within SNL, like, Carvey is, is more um, heralded and more sort of like, yeah, the people are more excited about him than, than Spade. Spade, I feel like most people know him from non-SNL things. Where I feel like Carvey yeah. was more like, this is what you know him from. Yeah, I've learned so many things from these. So anyways, what they have on, so they're the hosts of the show. And then they bring on somebody that either, and if you look, if you go look up the, I mean, I think they have like 20 podcasts so far. But the list they have is is pretty, pretty noteworthy of either performers, writers, or people that have hosted one, two, three times. I think they just had Jeff... Goldblum on that's hosted twice and they kind of talk about the process of hosting so most of the conversation comes around SNL so in the past we've had to like Neil and I listen to a podcast that have an SNL person on there and they'll talk about SNL as like a little slice of their career where this is the lens of like no let's just talk inside baseball so uh the my favorite episode is the is the wait which which one's my I gotta find it I think it's the Jim Downey episode so he's a longtime mm. writer he came on to the show with Jim Belushi basically until 2013 and he was the head writer for 10 years in the middle of that and they talk about he they talk about the um, the Chip and Dale sketch with Patrick Swayze and Chris Farley yeah and because Jim Jim Downey wrote that sketch and they talk wow. about it basically because um it was 
it was Chris Farley's fourth show that he did that. And it's kind of wild to think about that. But <laughs> great inside baseball podcast on SNL. You really have to like listen to it for a long time to kind of get the flow of how they interject on each other. And it depends on the host. Um, right now I'm kind of like burning through the Dennis Miller one. And I'm, I'm like, Oh, maybe I should like Dennis Miller a little bit more than I used to. So, <laughs> all right. That's what I got Neil. long winded. What you got? No, that's great. Fly on the wall. We'll link to that in the show notes and uh, add it to your uh, add it to your lawn mowing queue, you guys. Um, all right, I am. Uh, I'm going to recommend a game, Brian. I talked to you about this game, um, you know, about a week ago here, and um, it's a it's a new game uh, for iOS and uh, Android and Steam. Um, it's called Not Words. It is a crossword puzzle without clues. Is kind of the best way to put it. And uh, this comes from a developer named Zach Gage, who uh, has done done a number of other uh, games, uh, mobile games, games, uh, you know, simple kind of, um, you know, type of word games and stuff. He did one called Spell Tower that was big. Um, Good Sudoku is another type shift, um, a game that I recommend to Brian that he plays a lot or used to a really bad chess um, as well. So Zach is all about games and uh, his latest is not words. And uh, yeah, it's it's a wonderful uh, uh, again kind of a twist on uh, on the on the crossword, um, and they call it a logic puzzle as well. Um, so instead of like having clues on on what the what the word is, you have to like fill in different regions of the board with like limited amount of letters. Um, so it's kind of a puzzle you need to look at to understand, but it's simple once you get the hang of it. And so it's kind of like um, you know it's just with the hype of Wordle and stuff like that, and and uh, you know, you know, getting bought by New York Times and such. Like this is kind of it's not it's not like Wordle because you know it's not just guessing one word. It's uh, but it has vibes of that, and it has uh, I feel like it's if you like it has the element of like one puzzle per day. Um, it's not really something you're supposed to play endlessly or play five in a row or something. It's trying to get you on that same sort of cadence of doing one and then like sharing it and stuff like that. So uh, check it out. It's uh, four ninety nine a year to buy, or you can buy. You can pay $12 and unlock everything forever. That's what I recommend you do um, because there's also another type of game that you can unlock and going back into old puzzles you've done and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not huge into word games and stuff, but I really like how this is pretty challenging and I've been enjoying kind of doing, you know, one every few days or something like that. And I could see, uh, you know, just playing this for a really long time because it's uh, stimulating on the mind. And uh, I like words and uh, trying to trying to figure out logic puzzles like this. So it's really cool. Check it out. We'll link to it in the show notes. Not words. What's the free one I've been doing? Words. Yeah, no, it's it's free to play. But then um, if you if you pay, you get to unlock uh, that secondary game, the twist format, I guess. And there's just different things you can go to. So it's it's you can download for free and start for free. But then I think it gets to the point where you just have the one per day. So if you want to take it beyond that, if you really love it, you can pay for the year price or the unlock everything price. So get into that. Play not words. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you enjoy it if you like words. Neil, I've been, um, I've been grinding on it. I'm going to say yeah. it's Sudoku, which has always been difficult for me. Uh-huh. But a crossword puzzle without any reference to like what the word is. Yeah, without clues. Right, it has that thing, and then the wordle thing of like you just have to make up a word out of with no prompt, basically. Yeah, yeah. it's been tough, but I like that it doesn't disappear. It's like up for the month. It doesn't disappear the next day like Wordle does. Like Wordle, you have to grind on it that day, otherwise you will not solve the puzzle. You know, so 
Yeah, and in Wordle, I believe you 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 get like the number of guesses or whatever, and you kind of you kind of show how how many guesses it took you to get it. Whereas in Not Words, it's a timed puzzle. So yeah, like you can play it for a couple minutes and then like put it down, and then like your timer will start again once you start on the puzzle, and then it shows you your total time at the end. So I feel like that's kind of what you're playing against or what you're trying to do is you're trying to get a good time for each puzzle or whatever it is. So I don't know. It's a fun game and. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the developer is really cool. And uh, Brian and I are listening to a podcast, a uh, very long podcast. They go deep into game theory and um, what what you know sort of Zach's been thinking about and where he where he comes from um, as far as like from an artistic standpoint and you know just his background in games and and stuff like that. So I highly recommend that. I'll put that in the show notes as well. It's an episode of the talk show featuring John Gruber. Uh, from Daring Fireball interviewing Zach Gage. So we'll link to that as well. And, um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, some fun stuff to, Neil, to, to play. I gave, you and, no, uh, I gave you no space to talk about the Fly on the Wall podcast. I was just like, now it's your turn to talk. Did no, you, I, I need to you, check it out. I haven't, I haven't checked it out yet. I, I, it's definitely right up my alley, and I just need to you know, take the plunge and dive in. It's exciting to know there's only like 20 episodes. I guess I thought it was something that had been going on longer and, um, and stuff. So it's kind of good to hear that's, you know, sort of recent and something I could, you know, pick up and catch up on. And, uh, yeah, any, any discussion of SNL is something obviously I love. I mean, we talk about Marin a lot and he's, you know, famously, he, you know, uh, you know, auditioned and, uh, didn't get on the show. And anytime he has anybody with any SNL connection, he usually brings that up. So I always like that or just whenever he has a, former cast member on or something like that so i would imagine that the fly on the wall podcast is is very much for me so i gotta get on that for sure what's the what's the person that would be on the pod as the guest from snl history that would make you just like immediately listen to it well i mean obviously lorne or you know people who kind of i guess i would rather have um uh, head writers and more behind the scenes folks on. I feel, I feel like the big names and stuff like they're they get asked a lot. Of, they're already like very much on the record on a lot of this stuff, um, especially afterwards. Like we're saying from Marin, whoever, or they're promoting movies and they get asked about it. So I guess I would be interested in I don't know people's names I don't even know or I don't know someone like Steve Higgins or as the announcer or something like that. Like I like. Or, you know, hearing from the cue card person or the longtime camera guy or someone that is like the music director now or something. So I, I love that kind of stuff. So I, I would be very interested in um, some of the more behind the scenes ins and outs, because like you said, it's it's kind of about the process and about the medium and, and kind of how they put the show together. That's uh, equally as interesting as the actual content of the sketches. Yeah, I want that Wally guy that does uh the, he's like the key the cue card master. <laughs> yes, I want to know all about that. That's fascinating. The <laughs> ones like, they have on here are all big perf- you know, like the big yeah. I mean they have Tina Fey, Chris Rock, Conan O'Brien, Tom Hanks. Crazy. But they also have John Lovitz and they have oh, Daryl nice. Hammond. Yeah, I love John Sarah Lovitz. Silverman and then yeah, Tim Meadows, I feel like is going to be. Yes, but yeah, I want, I want, uh, I want writers. I want people whose name I don't know. That's what I want. Yeah, but that's going to come we'll, up uh, next as they get bigger. We'll have to listen to one maybe in the car when we drive to our next show, something like that together. Um, all right, there we go. That's recommendations, and uh, we've reached the point in the show where we play a game. So uh, let's uh, let's get to that. Here it is. Name that tune. All right, we're playing uh, name that tune, but uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and stump Brian. We're gonna 
try and uh, stump the crowd, everybody. Everybody listening out there, uh, wherever you are, uh, you have been invited to play this game. We have four clips of Cuckoo Kangaroo songs, and we're going to play them for you, and you must name the song that that audio clip comes from. Really easy. We've done this a couple times before. And um, I'm trying to make it more difficult, but uh, I don't know. I always say that, and then they're pretty easy. So they're going to be easy to us, Brian. So don't we don't really get to say if it's easy or hard, I don't think, because we know. Yeah, no answering. Okay. Our songs. No, we'll, we'll tell them what they are eventually, but I, I feel like we're just not good judges on what's hard and easy as far as this game goes. But let's see how it goes. Here's clip number one. Also, I don't remember which ones of these I've used in previous editions of this game. So, sorry if I've already done. You that. haven't used that one. I have not. Okay, let's hear. It. Let's hear it again. All right, song from a couple years back. Everybody, anybody, everybody know it? Raise your hand. Oh yeah, you there in the back. Yeah, you're right. It is double scoop. Ooh ooh whoop whoop. I wanna I wanna double scoop right there. And um, little little melody, a little uh, in between the verses, little section right there. I don't know. I feel like that was kind of tough. We don't really play that one very often. So double scoop, Neil. Double it. scoop. I think is becoming a sleeper jam. I hear more people talking about it, and finally people are waking up to the bridge that you wrote in that song about <laughs> ice cream's my best friend. Do you want to lick my best friend? Are you telling me that people like ice cream, Brian? I I would have thought that song would have popped off real fast, but it's a, it's a real sleeper. So. I know. That's okay. We'll take it either way. All right. That's number one. Let's get to number two. We'll name this tune. Whoa. That was frantic and loud. Let's, let's hear it again. Oh, my gosh. It's just like a really loud. Just, just that's not even a drum roll. That's a, that's, a, that's a clap roll right there, Brian. That's where you repeat clap clappings over and over and over again. That's a, like I, a you know, you can tell about that song. That's a classic uh, when Neil and when you and I were making <laughs> the beats ourselves and uh, also mixing the beats ourselves. Just oh, like same patches. I know. There's a melody in there somewhere, but it's underneath a lot of drums, so you can't really tell. Um, anybody know it? Anybody? Can you guess that one? It's, uh, we're going way back with that one, everybody. I used to play Neil, this can one I guess? live. Can I guess? Brian, go ahead, Brian, guess. I think it, that's no crust. Yeah, you got it, Brian. You know about that crust song. That's right. That's that's a little transition out of the chorus into um, into <laughs> you know into the next melody or whatever. But yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of that's a lot of rolling claps right there. I thought that was pretty funny to hear that like that <laughs> intensity clap. That's how it's, it's kind of how. It's, yeah, we love it. We love it still. But that's yeah, we don't really sound that much like that anymore. But. Good times. Shout out to uh, old songs. Um, all right, let's. Uh, we got two more here. Let's see uh, what this one is. Clip number three. Do you know it? Oh, some little hints there in the background. If you listen beyond the melody, one more time here for you. Ooh, that's a sounds, good clip. Now sounds kind of nasty. What is that? That's uh. You know, did you hear? Did you hear what's happening in the background there? It sounds like someone's like choking or something. Uh, but no, that's that's Hawkin' a Loogie, everybody from Gross, our song about spitting, right there. Hawkin' a Loogie, go on and sue me. That's what that one is. Um, you know, that's 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 one that nobody asks for ever. No one ever complains when we don't play that song, Brian. 
Uh, when we did play that song, we played that song like a whole tour, didn't we, in like 2018? I think we tried it, yeah, yeah. We played it a bunch, and I like the idea that like kids probably wouldn't go up to their parents and be like, what's a loogie? They'd be like, what's <laughs> suing somebody? <laughs> yeah, I was... I was that's funny. Yeah, there's different questions you have after hearing that one. <laughs> Honking a loogie, everybody. Check out Gross if you haven't. You know, you might know about our poop song, but there's other ones in there that are other gross topics. Why, why didn't Gross become a number one a number one selling album? I just don't, I know. I still, still, it, it just it, it it evades me. You know, we're, st- we're still trying to push it further. So maybe someday. Again, there's lots of time for all these to become number one hit singles. Um, all right, Hawking and Loogie's number three, and our last one right here. What could it be? What is this song? Uh... Oh my gosh! What a clip, Neil! What a what a pull! Now, so usually, as you could hear from the first three, I just tend to go for like instrumental, like a little melody, a little beat in there, because I feel like if you get any more than that lyrically, it's a little too easy. But this one is, um, this could go just about anywhere. Let's listen one more time. Uh... Do you guys know that one? Who knows it? Who knows it? Now, this is a brand spanking new. It doesn't get any newer than this. So, yeah, it's on the, it's on the new album, Slow Clap. And if you guessed Password, you are correct. You win. You win, you win all, you the, are, all the things. If you guessed that, you are correct. You are very correct. You can smile bigger here today, knowing that you knew that one. And uh, that's that's towards the end of the song where we forget the password. We don't know what it is. So that's me, your boy, just saying, uh, for a very long time. And it was, uh, you know, I felt like it was deceiving. It was difficult to know what song that's from. It's the last you song. You should call of yourself clap. your boy more often. That yep. really that really works for you. Your boy. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's a Travis from Riverside. Uh, bye, uh, yeah, boy. Um, so yes, all right. That does it for the game. Did you do well? I hope so. I, actually, I hope you didn't do well. My goal was to was to stump you. So I hope you got zero out of four. But I hope you were laughing the whole time. Um, we we like playing games. Hopefully, we did a good job there. And uh, Brian, we got to keep it going. We got one final segment. It's called New with Koo. New with Koo. New yep, with it's coo. uh it's time to talk about uh, what's the latest in the world of our band, and uh, let's bring it back to what uh, Gerard said earlier, Brian. We got a slow clap mixtape. Tell the people out there in podcast land what the slow clap mixtape is. Okay, my brother, his name his name's Jeffy, but on the internet he's DJ Hamster Dance. He's been around forever, but he decided to start making mashups, and he's been making them on tiktok and his instagram page and we were like hey what if you took made some mashups of cuckoo kangaroo songs for the new album we need you know it'd be cool to like put that out there in the world and he's like okay how about i do all of them and then (laughs) he just did and he said what do you guys think about this and we said wow this is this is better than we thought it was going to be so it's all cuckoo kangaroo vocals and then it's all different kinds of beats under there from um, all kinds of genres. Well, a lot of hip hop and pop stuff um, from all different eras. And he mixed it all together. So they're all like short little clips. He put it up on the SoundCloud. We're like, hey, this is perfect. It's going to be the one year of slow clap coming up. Let's put it out at the same time. So it's out on DJ Hamster Dance SoundCloud page. It's linked up in all of our link trees and all our social media and stuff like that. So go check it out. It's just something he just put on. I think it's like. 
20 minutes or something like that. It's, it's fun. Good groups. Yeah. A little something to celebrate the one year of Slow Clap. And, uh, yeah, Jeffy's an awesome DJ and, um, you know, off and out on the road with us doing merch and stuff. So always good to have Jeff around. And, yeah, he's uh, continually uh, evolving as a – as an artist, as a as a DJ, so um, this is doing kind of mixing up stuff like this is one of his latest forays. So um, I'm glad at least one person liked it. Gerard says yes to it, so uh, that's good. So if you uh, want to check it out, it'll be in the show notes and uh, linked all over the place. And maybe we'll see some more mixtapes like this from uh, DJ Hamster Dance in the future. I'd like that very much. Um, next week, we're going to Canada, everybody. Haven't been to Canada in a few years due to COVID-19. And, uh, you know, we're excited uh, to get back up there and, uh, you know, eat some eat some different kind of foods. And, uh, you know, mostly, um, you know, potato chips that have ketchup on them. And, uh, you know, just say A and stuff, whatever it is. Potato so, chips have gravy on it, Neil. What a miss. Oh, yeah. Come on. Gravy, yeah, baby. Gravy. Yeah, all all dressed. What's that mean? All dressed. I feel like that's yeah, what yeah, it is. Like yeah, that's, yeah. Dressing chips. Yeah, all dressed. <laughs> all dressed chips. Crisps. So, yeah, we're going to Canada, playing in, um, in uh, near Edmonton, uh, St. Albert, um is is the area we're playing so come on out if you're anywhere close to that we're playing like a lot of times um over the course of a few days and we're playing a a late night show at a bar late night meaning 7 p.m but you know nowadays that's late for us so come on over if you can uh if you can uh get there and see our band because who knows we'll be in canada again who knows we are uh to canadians out there listening we will come back and p- try to play a wider spread of your whole country. This just, um, you know, we got booked here in the past and we're back again. So th- for this year, we're only playing, you know, nine shows in one city. And maybe <laughs> next time we'll play nine shows in nine different cities. We'll see. Wow. I, I would like that. We did that a long time ago, like 2015, 2016 era. Is that? And yeah. So, well, I was trying to think of the year we did. I think it was 2016, yeah. Is that? Halifax was that as far as we went east yep yep Halifax and we drove all the way to Vancouver and stayed on the Canada side the whole time (laughs) oh yeah the great white north driving all the way across it seeing snow seeing all the sights seeing Um, a dead moose in the back of a pickup with its tongue hanging out that kind of messed me up that was weird in your dreams and stuff now um nice yeah come see us in canada and then uh, we got some some merch brian that's available we got some uh, new cardboard boxes that are in your basement and uh, we're looking to make those boxes a little bit lighter so um you know we really like it if you would head on over to the cuckoo kangaroo web store and uh, check out some new t-shirts that we have there for you. One of them is a um, a light green, kind of mint green um, uh, T-shirt uh, featuring um, the word "cuckoo" in like pizza font. Um, and then uh, the other that that one you might have seen if you were um, at any of our shows this spring. Maybe you already have it. And then um, a new shirt that has been offered before at shows. It's a it's a squid shirt. Our friend Mel, who you know from our book series, um, our sing along books. Uh, she she drew this squid, and um, it's a it's it's a it's a nice like you know heather navy kind of tea with a nice like yellow gold print on it, and uh, we got a nice friendly looking uh, squid right there. So both of those are available on the Cuckoo Web Store, and Brian will 
We'll personally pack them for you and send them to your house. So check that out as well. Merch stuff, Brian. You got enough merch in your basement? Got a lot of merch now. We got some stuff to sell. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's you- going well. People are buying people are buying the new shirts. That's what's nice. Yes. So I love it. Yeah. We we're gonna keep putting out merch. We have some new stuff coming, you know, going forward. We're always always uh looking ahead uh as far as the merch offerings go so don't worry if the these tune tees don't uh, tickle your fancy don't worry there'll be some uh, additional don't worry we won't have any more tees yeah no we got we got a lot of tees so we're good there but we'll have some other objects some other purchasable things some wares some goods from us your friends cuckoo kangaroo coming soon uh anything else on merch brian that we should shout out right now uh, yes, we still have, uh, we have, we did a late drop of summer merch just due to how it, long it took us to get it, but we have adult tank tops, oh. we have adult and youth light yellow cuckoo kangaroo bucket hats, I have a very small limited supplies of left of cuckoo kangaroo sunglasses, yes. and then I, th- I think that's all we got for summer merch last year, right? Yeah, so you know we're we're warming up. We if didn't get the beach towel like you wanted, Neil. No, that'll be next summer. But yeah, we're we're uh, we're ready for you for summer, everybody. If you need a tank, you need some sunglasses, you need a hat for your beach party, uh, you know where to go. We'll send it to your house. Uh, fantastic. All right, that does it for this episode of Banter Buddies. Thanks for calling us and talking shores. We had a good time learning about dog poop and. And vacuums, um, but next uh, next episode we are going to be talking sequels. What is the best movie sequel of all time and why? Please call us six one two four two four zero zero three six, and you will very likely hear your voice on our podcast. Um, we know you want to do that, so uh, yeah, please do that. Please tell your friends about this podcast. You got you got other people in your life who like Cuckoo Kangaroo? Well, tell them about our podcast. Dumb butter pod. That's how they become ultimate fans. And, uh, yeah, we want to say thank you to Neil Z for uh, creating the theme song you hear. And uh, Matthew, a.k.a. Wampa Stompa, for always helping us with the the show artwork and uh, lots of other things. Some good friends. Good to have friends who are talented and creative and nice. That's that's how we like to roll. You got Uh, it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll see everybody in two weeks when we do another episode of Banter Buddies. Please call us, and uh, we'll be awaiting uh, your voicemails. All right. uh, Bye, Brian. Bye, Neil.